Lecture Notes, Plato, The Ring of Gyges, and Justice. Plato's Republic was written in the 4th century BCE. Republic is standardly considered to be a book about political philosophy, but I would argue that the book is really about justice in the soul, and the city is just a big metaphor for the human soul. For historical context, it might be helpful to know that Plato wrote Republic after the Peloponnesian War, 431 to 404 BCE, and it was a massive war between Greek city-states. The Thirty Tyrants, a pro-Spartan government that was installed after the war ended, encouraged Plato to join their administration, but he declined. Thus, Plato's thoughts on political philosophy were probably influenced by this significant instability. Before proceeding, please watch the following required short video clip. The video clip is from um, a course called God and the Good Life at the University of Notre Dame, and it's a thought experiment video about the Ring of Gyges, summarizing um, the myth and laying out the key question of the myth. The video above lays out a myth known as the Ring of Gyges. This myth sets up an important problem about justice, and in Republic, Socrates is trying to give a response to the problem. The Ring of Gyges is a myth about a shepherd who finds a ring that makes him invisible. Yes, Tolkien was well-versed in Plato and no doubt had this myth in mind when he wrote Lord of the Rings. According to the myth, once the shepherd realized that he had the power to do bad things and not get caught, he went on a power-hungry spree of immoral behavior. This then sets up one of the central questions of the Republic. Is the only reason we have to be good, or just, to avoid bad consequences? If I gave you a ring that would guarantee immunity from bad consequences, no social shunning, no fines, no jail time, etc., would you still be a good person? Or is the only reason you behave well your fear of negative consequences? Consider what Glaucon says about this. Most people would say that justice belongs to the onerous kind and is to be practiced for the sake of the rewards and popularity that come from a reputation for justice, but itself is to be avoided because it is something burdensome. Injustice is naturally good, and to suffer injustice is bad, but the badness of suffering it so far exceeds the goodness of doing it that those who have done and suffered injustice and tasted both, but who lack the power to do injustice and avoid suffering it, decide that it is profitable to come to an agreement with each other and neither do injustice nor suffer it. As a result, they begin to make laws and covenants and what the law commands they call lawful and just. This, they say, is the origin and essence of justice. It is intermediate between the best and the worst. The best is to do injustice without paying the penalty. The worst is to suffer it without being able to take revenge. Justice is a mean between these two extremes. People value it not as a good, but because they are too weak to do injustice with impunity. In these passages, Glaucon is advancing a pretty cynical view. He's arguing that the only reason we should be just is because we like having a good reputation and we don't want to suffer punishment. The best, he says, would be to have the ability to do injustice and get away with it. For example, if we could steal whatever we please with no legal consequence, Glaucon says that would be pretty nice. But, says Glaucon, far, far worse than the ability to steal freely 
would be other people stealing freely from us. We want freedom to do whatever we please for ourselves, but we don't want others to exercise that same freedom against us, to harm us. Thus, says Glaucon, we call a compromise. You don't steal from me, I don't steal from you. This compromise, says Glaucon, is justice. In other words, Glaucon is arguing that justice is only instrumentally good. Things that are instrumentally good are good only as a means to an end. Going to the dentist, for instance, is only instrumentally good. You wouldn't go just because of the joy of it or the special value of it. You only go because it's supposed to help prevent tooth pain, etc. down the road. Glaucon says justice is like this, only valuable insofar as it keeps us from harm by others and helps us avoid punishment. The challenge this throws down for Socrates, then, is to show that justice has intrinsic value instead, that it is valuable in its own right. Things that have intrinsic value are valuable in themselves, regardless of any usefulness or good consequences they may promote. You have intrinsic value. School, I would argue, is an example of something that has both intrinsic and instrumental value. So Socrates' challenge in the Republic is to show that justice is intrinsically valuable, that we should choose justice even if we had the ring of Gyges and could get away with doing bad things. In short, Plato, or Socrates, argues that justice is intrinsically valuable because having justice is a state of harmony in one's soul. Just like an unjust city is in chaos and disarray, so too an unjust soul is unhappy and inhuman, internally chaotic and disorderly. Plato's argument for this relies on the idea of the soul having parts. He suggests that the soul consists of three components, reason, appetite, and spirit. First, reason is our capacity to think deeply, ask questions, and make wise choices. Appetite is our physically-based desire, such as hunger, thirst, and sexual desire. Finally, spirit or passion is the part of the soul that loves honor or other moral emotions. Plato uses a metaphor to explain the tripartite soul, an analogy comparing the three parts of the soul to a charioteer driving a chariot pulled by two horses. The charioteer is our reason, which must drive the chariot and control the horses. It controls one wild and willful horse and one noble horse. The wild and willful horse represents appetite, our biological needs. This horse loves pleasure, money, physical satisfaction. A charioteer who allows this horse to control the self allows the self to be driven only by appetites, thus turning the individual into someone who becomes lustful and greedy. It's for this reason that Plato says our physical appetites should not rule us. The other horse is a noble horse and represents passion or spirit or our moral emotions. Plato says that spirit can serve reason and sees it as a potential helper and complement to reason, but those who are driven only by their passions are likely to become angry and envious. So even though this horse is noble, it's not fit to control the chariot. In the same way, we should not be ruled by our emotions. Plato says that if reason does not govern our soul, we are like a chariot where the horses are totally out of control, perhaps running in different directions and overturning the chariot. The idea of balance and harmony is key here. 
A just soul is governed by reason, and a soul governed by reason is in harmony. Thus, justice is intrinsically valuable. For more on Plato's views about the good life, watch the following optional video from Wi-Fi titled The Good Life Plato.